Asymmetrical Haircuts, Justice Update, with Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Berg. All rise. Hi. Hi. Uh, it's a bit late, I know, but uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, to you too. <laughs> so to start this year off, um, we thought that maybe we'd talk a bit of our, about our plans. Now, what are our plans, Stephanie? We're going to continue the prosecutor files, hope to get some more candidates, but uh, time is pressing on. And we're talking to Milena Stereo and Marie-Elena Vignoli to catch up on the last year's ASP. And we have some ideas for future subjects, you know, the whole uh, Twitter trapezoid windows that the ICC exploded. So I'm dying to do something on architecture and, and the, the way that international courts are built. And so we have lots of ideas for new podcasts. And we've got some other plans beyond the subjects for the podcast. We're not exactly sure what's going to happen, but we've got some other people who want us to help them make some podcasts. And that gave us the idea that maybe there's some other people in this field of podcast making who'd like to do something in the field of, I don't know, international criminal law, humanitarian law, transitional justice, international law, accountability, you know, all of those big things that we cover. Um, Maybe we can offer our services. Maybe we can even talk about creating some kind of space. We're going to tell you a bit more about that later. But first, we thought we'd show you our commitment to supporting others by featuring two of the most interesting justice-related podcasts we have seen around. Maybe you already know them and this will be your chance to meet their makers, or maybe you don't and this could be an intro to them for you. And the first one up is this. Welcome to Justice Visions, the podcast about everything that is new in the domain of transitional justice. And here's some of the team behind the Justice Visions podcast. So I'm Tina Stroop and I'm an Associate Professor of Transitional Justice and Human Rights at Ghent University. And I'm also coordinating the Justice Visions Research Project, which is a project on victims and victim participation in the very broad sense in the broad domain of transitional justice. I'm Brigitte Hedemans. I'm part of the Justice Surgeons team and um, I'm doing research on Syria and especially the link between arts and justice. And you have as part of this project, Justice Visions, a podcast. What's that? So very early on in the project, when we started um, doing the research, we immediately felt that there are just so many interesting voices out there and we were doing interviews with them as part of the research. But then we felt we also really wanted to do something more with that so that the interviews don't just stay in our own archives of research data in a way. Um, but we really wanted to start talking to people and also somehow make those interviews public. And to us, it was just really important to have a conversation, not just in a way with the usual suspects and, and the people that we would normally always, you know, see at conferences and talk to uh, at conferences, but also to have this be a very broad conversation with practitioners as well as scholars, with North-based as well as South-based people. And so that's really what we try to do with the podcast is to have this be an ongoing conversation about where we are also in our thinking. We didn't want to have something, you know, at the end of the project to say, this is all the great stuff that we've done and now listen to this, but really to have this be an ongoing conversation with practitioners and just to, to share our insights, to share our struggles. And, and that's that's working quite well, actually. The, the, the conversations have been really interesting um, as, as part of this ongoing process. So, as you can hear, this is out of a research project. It's about transitional justice, you know, the concepts, but also the messy reality on the ground. And they really look at broad transitional justice approaches, and then they focus in detail on specific countries and cases. I listened to their podcast on Cambodia, 
which had a great interview with a woman called Sampwas, who's worked at the very renowned Documentation Centre for Cambodia and with the Victims Unit of the ECCC, special court that's been dealing with what happened in and under the Khmer Rouge. In this clip, her co-presenter Sangeeta Yongandran, who's also working in Ghent on victims' participation in transitional justice processes in Cambodia, she gets to ask the question. Actually, really interesting, Sampo, and you're really taking me back. <laughs> you were involved in so much of case one, including, you know, registering the victims, um, following them to attend the trial. What for you would you say was like the most memorable thing for you from case one? In my memory, the workload is very, very heavy. I remember that oh, I was so tired, and then uh, my actually my parents didn't see me much at home because I have to spend a lot of time in the province because we have to mm-hmm. outreach to many victims who who would not be able to come to Phnom Penh to lock their complaint directly in victim unit or the. NGO cannot reach them. So we create the civil party like forums and also meeting and also we go directly to the place that a lot of people would like to lock complain. Remember once the last time before the case two deadline, I was in Siemria province and one of the ladies she forget to put her shoe on and jump on the motor taxi from her oh, house wow. to the hotel that I and my college was working right there to help them assist filling the form. And she told me that it was so emotional and then she lost all the family member, husband and all the children and now she, she's so lonely living alone. And... At the time that she filed a complaint from the beginning to the end, she cried emotionally. And at that time, I could not even hold my tear, you know. Oh, la, la. It was so hard working with the victim, but I am so happy to, so that I can have them. So this is real practitioner to practitioner speaking about their lived experience on the ground, about the nitty gritty of the justice process, people's feelings, reactions. It's really insightful and it gives you a sense of the community, the issues and the realities of what international justice does on the ground. And they've also had experts in to explain issues. It's really kind of warm, you know, welcoming, very inclusive, not too academic. And we asked uh, Tina and Brigitte a lot of different things about their podcasts. Um, Maybe one day we'll manage to do a Patreon and let you uh, hear all of these background interviews, the long versions of things that we do. But for now, here's just um, part of what they had to say. We asked them whether it's difficult to make a podcast. And um, if somebody asked them that, what would they say? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's it's definitely been um a bigger time investment than we had foreseen you know as you um asymmetrical haircuts as well you make it sound so natural and you make it sound so easy but behind that uh one episode of course is 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 a ton of work selecting your interviewees talking to them you know knowing who is the expert in the field i'm not even talking about the technical side of getting a good sound quality which now with the lockdown has just been horrible but the conversation i think requires a lot of thinking about how you want to go into the conversation because for us something that's really important is to have this to really foreground the voices of practitioners not to steer or to dominate the conversation too much and at the same time you are also 
kind of, at least to some extent, experts in your field. And so that relationship, the asymmetrical versus symmetric relationship and, and how you set up that conversation, I think is something that requires um, a lot of careful attention. The second podcast we're featuring today is something completely different. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Fritz. How are you doing? I'm good, good. Uh, going back to Koblenz in the afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. I also really wanted to go to Koblenz this week because it's such an interesting phase of the trial. But with everything going on and the travel restrictions, uh, you know, it wasn't possible. Especially when coming from a high-risk area like Paris, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult to come from a different country. But you can always ask me about what happened and I'll give you all the details. Exactly, exactly. That's where we have you, right? This is Branch 251. It's a podcast about one specific trial. It's a trial of the senior members of the Syrian regime for crimes against humanity, which is happening in Koblenz that we talked about before in a, another justice update. You heard there Fritz Streif chatting to Hannah Ohitami about going to monitor the trial. And they've been fundraising recently. Uh, so here's a great explanation from the team itself on what it is that they do. With our podcast, which is called Branch 251, by the way, we try to do three things. We update our listeners on the developments around the Koblenz trial. We do this with the help of our court reporter, Hannah El-Hitami. She travels to Koblenz all the time and tells us everything about what's going on inside and outside the courtroom. We explain the context of the trial by profiling the defendants, by profiling the witnesses, and by diving into certain legal and historical questions, which I promise we make exciting. We believe it's so important to amplify the voices of Syrians, be it ex-detainees, family members of victims, human rights defenders or activists. We want to make sure that this story is being told by the people whom it belongs to. And what's great is that they are doing it in Arabic as well. Our mission for this season is to reach to those who need to know about Koblenz the most, Syrians. That's very briefly there, that's Salim Salame, their new Arabic producer, who's a Syrian himself, an asylum seeker based in Europe, and he's helping them to make the Arabic language versions. They've got a very big team behind Branch 251, so check out their website to find out more. The founder is Fritz Streif, as you've just uh, heard. He's an international criminal lawyer, come activist himself. But and here's where it got really intimidating chatting to him. He's actually studied podcasting himself, so he really knows what they're doing. So I asked him, basically, just to know what kind of responses that they've been getting. I think we have had so many different kinds of responses Uh, if there's a few that to us are the most important ones are, I think, maybe the key one is that it really contributes to outreach uh, to the communities that, that are affected by, by the crimes that are discussed in this trial, um, especially now that we're also bringing the podcast in Arabic. Since, you know, it's been, it's been discussed a lot ever since the beginning of the trial that since it's happening in Germany and it's all happening in German, that in terms of communication on what's going on in the trial and, and outreach to interested uh, people and especially the affected community, uh, that there was a lack of that. I think for us, the biggest compliment is, is that we contribute to filling, filling that gap a little bit. Now, as an example of the kind of work they're doing, Fritz suggested I listen to the episode 18 of their 
first season. This is the one about the grave digger's testimony in Koblenz. Now, before I play this clip, a big warning that this is hugely graphic. I mean, it's really disgusting. It's Hanaral Hitami, their court reporter, telling us exactly what this man said that he saw as a witness into the trial um, and what he saw on a regular basis. He gave a lot of really horrifying details. Um, he talked a lot about the smell. He said that he could distinguish the bodies from Sednaya, from the bodies from the military hospitals by their smell because the bodies from Sednaya had allegedly been executed the same night and had to be buried the day after. So so they did not have a smell. And these bodies, he, he approached and he took a closer look at them. He said that he saw the marks on their necks where they had been hung um, and he saw that they sometimes had bruises and their fingernails sometimes were pulled out. Um, some had marks of electric shocks. However, the other bodies from the Secret Service branches, he tried to keep away from them because they smelled so bad and it was uh, almost impossible to get away from that smell uh, of decay. So he said that it, it really stayed in his nose even after he went back home and the first time he had been at the mass burials, he could not eat or drink for days because he was so um, disturbed by this, uh, what he saw and what he smelled. Another description that really stayed in my mind was he described how this whole burial took place. So he said the trucks arrived, they opened the door, uh, and first a stream of blood and maggots came out, and then his colleagues had to go into those trucks and push out those bodies. They were thrown into the ditches. The ditches were 100 meters long and six meters deep. And whenever they finished filling a part of the that very long ditch, they uh, covered that part and then the next truck uh, could arrive. Also in that episode, they discuss what's known about the witness, how the evidence fits with the other evidence already heard by the court, how it might show or might not show, um, whether this is related to crimes against humanity or even related to command responsibility. So it also really deals with that technical stuff of international criminal justice, as well as just telling you what's happened in court. Now, Fritz, um, whether they do exactly the same thing now in Arabic. We started with the English series, um... Uh, and made a whole um, season really uh, of 18 episodes in English. And at the same time, we, we really from the beginning wanted to bring the podcast in Arabic as well. Um, because from the beginning, we thought that this is absolutely uh, necessary. Um, if you tell the story um, of, of the Koblenz trial in the podcast, then it should also at least be also told in, in Arabic. We just didn't have the the, the, the bandwidth and the, the capacity to, 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 to really get it going in the, during the first season. We, we had one episode in Arabic um, in the middle of the first season, which, um, which was great. And we saw there the amount of, of listens to that single Arabic episode was relatively speaking so much more, uh, had so much more impact than any of the English episodes that we had broadcast until that date. At that moment, we thought, you know, this is our, 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 our hunch was, was correct. Like we need to bring this also in Arabic. And um, when we did start having a bit more bandwidth and capacity uh, going into the second season for the English series, we got together with an Arabic language producer, Salim Salame, who I had a couple of conversations with and, and we immediately clicked in terms of what we want to make and, and 
that we don't want to make a copy of the English uh, podcast, but that we want to make an original Arabic series for a number of reasons. I think the most important one being the audience is different. The, the audience of, of the English series is really, you know, the internationally interested people in this trial and the Syrians, those that uh, enjoy listening to English and can understand English. But for the for the Arabic, really, the, 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 the audience is the affected community of, of, this, of this trial, which, which is Syrians inside of Syria and outside of Syria in the diaspora, plus people in the region around uh, Syria that, that are interested to know what's going on regarding a trial on crimes committed in their neighboring country. And everything from content to style to, you know, what kind of concepts do you need to go into to explain uh, in, in a different way regarding the law, regarding the politics? How do you even uh, start thinking about uh, talking about the politics that, that are involved? Me, for example, I don't have, I don't claim to ha at all have any fundamental insight into the, the complexities of, of those politics. And that's where our producer Salim and our new co-hosts for this Arabic series and for the second season in, in English, Noor Hamade and Asad Katab came in and why we wanted them to come in to, to really shape the, the content and the style and the approach of that Arabic series um, from, from their perspective. I have only listened to the English language version, um, despite speaking a bit of Arabic, but, uh, but haven't actually delved into the Arabic version. But one thing that struck me from some of the, um, the English language ones, where you do play a little bit more of a role, is this combination of elements. And you've actually put that also into your, uh, your crowdfunding video that you do a variety of different things in each podcast. You both tell the story of the trial but you also try to get an understanding of what this, what's happened in the trial in relation to whether those who are on trial could be convicted. So I was really interested to see how you break down what do we know, what we don't know in terms of international criminal law and so on each time. So what, why did you decide that that was such an important part? of the podcast? Definitely one principal element that, that of the podcast, both in the English series and the new Arabic series is also, of course, our court reporter, Hannah Al-Hitami, who, who uh, contributes directly from Koblenz. We try to go every now and then, but she really is there with every court session. So we have, with her, we have that great um, element of, of, of not only information straight from the courtroom, but also the the type of energy, the type of the kind of situation that, that these sessions uh, take place and is something that you can't report on or describe or put it to context from, from, from distance. So having said that, with, with this um, additional element from, you know, of, having, of having someone be able to report directly from, from the court, we feel like we do have the different angles to tackle this, this uh, sort of multidimensional approach that you just uh, described which is we can deliver the information relatively in a, in a reporting kind of style, but with our backgrounds, with our diverse backgrounds that the hosts have, uh, being an international uh, lawyer from the United States uh, with, with Syrian roots, with, uh, that, is, that is Noor, um, a Syrian uh, journalist that has, you know, that had to flee the country and is now, is now based in Paris um, as, as, a, 
as an asylum seeker, uh, and that is uh, that is Asr, and me as an international human rights lawyer and an international criminal lawyer with 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 a background in in the in the in the Dutch jurisdiction, complemented by two producers, Paulina and Salim, who have nothing to do whatsoever with law and who come into the process with more of the storytelling skills and 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 quite frankly also desires uh, to to tell the story in a, in a in a in a in a more storytelling kind of way so this combination of i think diverse backgrounds and skills allows us to approach this the topic of this trial in in that multidimensional uh, way that, that you described and uh, well hopefully you know we hopefully we're at least somehow uh, successful doing it And now that you've heard these two podcasts, what about us? Well, we have a couple of projects that we'll introduce to you over the year. First of all, we're really, really happy that we're helping out a research team at the Graduate Institute in Geneva and the Asset Institute here in The Hague, who are working on automated weapons and international humanitarian law. I'm going to help them make a podcast. It's really great for us. They want this podcast to make an, a big impact and they're not afraid of calling a spade a spade. So we are going to talk about killer robots. Yay! Yay! It will be called something like 10 Things You Need to Know About Killer Robots and it's going to be coming your way soon. And we're also in discussions with the amazing Atlas Network of Women Lawyers about um, ways that we can potentially collaborate on a podcast together with them. So I think that's going to be great too. Overall, we're really just thinking about how we can make a space that our listeners may be interested in and uh, expand maybe also. So our call goes out to you. Do you want to make a podcast, something that reflects your work? Can we help you engage with a wider audience? Could be for your students, could be for colleagues, could be in different languages. If that's something you're thinking about, um, just let us know if we can help in some way. Um, we've obviously only got quite limited capacity between the two of us to give you uh, free advice, but we're really willing to collaborate in some way with your project if you just uh, let us know what you need. And also, if you have suggestions for things that we can cover on our episodes, uh, we are very grateful for that always. Uh, you can mail us, add us, DM us, all those things. We're hoping that 2021 is going to be a much better, more productive, fun year than the past one in, in podcasts. Well, our last year was pretty good in podcasts. It's just the rest of the world wasn't really cooperating. That's true. I mean, there's a sense also here we are in January that uh, uh, the world seems to have turned a bit of a corner with everything that's going on in the United States. So let's uh, hope that that uh, extends over here to uh, our lives as, as well. And wherever you are and whatever situation you're in, we're really glad that you're part of this podcast, that you're listening to us, and we love it when you give us some feedback. So don't hesitate to be in touch. We'll talk to you, hopefully. Bye. Bye. Asymmetrical Haircuts is presented by Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Berg. This episode has obviously been recorded at home, but we'd still like to give a shout out to our regular host, Humanity Hub, and we hope to return there soon. Music was by audionautics.com. We're available on all major podcast apps. Give us a rating and spread the word. <laughs>